0: In Seattle, Seattle and you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you because we're the realities that you can trust. So go to ride and dust it
1: Sign up for the Nation News. At All right,
0: you guys, what's going on? It's episode 340 now of the Ron and Don Show, and coming up here in episode 339, we told you about some of the things we're thankful for personally, but I'm going to share a story about one of our clients that I'm really thankful for that deal, and Ron, you're going to share a story about something that happened this year that you're really thankful for as, a far, as far as a client that we met, a connection that we made. Because for us, with a lot of real estate agents, it's the transaction. And for us, we have found out we're not really good at just the transaction because we just end up falling in love with our clients and hopefully they end up falling in love with us. So we're gonna talk about those things we're thankful for. Before we get to that though, let's get to this because I promised you on episode 339, as we head into the holidays, it's Thanksgiving. A lot of people are gonna be out tomorrow shopping for things. Are you going to be out shopping with cash? Or are you going to be out shopping with crypto? we are hearing a lot more about crypto. It's going mainstream. You look at someone like Tom Brady, for instance. He ends up throwing an historic ball. In order to get it back, he offers, the gentleman that caught the ball at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, Tom Brady offers to give him a crypto coin. He's invested a lot in crypto. I am hearing Ron, who's a pretty avid investor, talking about crypto, Matt Damon. I saw this incredible commercial the I'm other day. I'm glad you
2: put me right between Tom Brady and Matt Damon. Yeah. Makes it feel Tom, good. I,
0: I, have you seen the new Matt Damon commercial where, have you seen that one where he's walking and talking, about, talking about crypto? He, it, at first, you don't know what he's, he, he's given a historical lesson. He's walking by different screens and he's talking about our, our rich history together as Americans. It kind of ends up with the NASA astronauts and then he turns the corner And he encourages everybody to go to Crypto.com. Staples Center, no longer Staples Center down in Los Angeles. You're going to be playing at the Crypto.com Center. Tell us about crypto. Should we be shopping with crypto this holiday season? How do we deal with the dollar versus crypto versus inflation, right? Because a lot of us are thinking about, oh, my God, inflation. Where are I going to put my cash? Should I invest in real estate? Should I invest in crypto? Should I buy gold? What say you about crypto? Where is this headed? And how has this become so mainstream? Because even Doogie Hauser now is on the television set, and he's saying, hey, everyone go out. Let's get involved with crypto. All
2: right. Number one, I am not a financial advisor. Uh, and I, I want to just dis- have a disclaimer on that. I, I, I don't have a professional education as a financial advisor. Um, I've dabbled in this stuff, and I've taken some classes on it. But what I, uh, what you—the question you asked could be six hours long. So I, I don't think we can cover all those topics. I will say this: cryptocurrencies are are going mainstream. Uh, the Taiwanese firm that owns Crypto.com paid seven hundred million dollars for the naming rights uh, of that arena down in Los Angeles. Seven hundred million dollar deal, not not for one year, but for the life of their contract so i don't know if it's 20 years or however long the term is but that's a lot 700 of 700
0: million crypto dollars yeah, or? 700
2: million dollars wow. and so for the uninitiated when you say crypto that's a a category of of vehicles investment things and so there's not one crypto uh tom brady won that football he gave a bitcoin so bitcoin is sort of the original maybe the first or second of bitcoin uh, or the the cryptocurrency that was invented there are probably thousands of these now and the thing that governments and regulators freak out about is it is unregulated uh like a cryptocurrency does not have to go uh and and be with the sec or any governmental agency so the danger with that is you and i could make ron and don crypto and then if we had a big enough audience let's say we were tom brady we could we could generate this crypto You and I could have 1 million coins each. And then using our social media influence, we could go out and hype it up. It's called a pump and dump. We could pump this thing up. Oh, man, the new Ron and Don coin is the greatest currency ever. And Here's our white paper, and here's what we're going to do. And we're changing the world and blah, blah, blah. And we pump it up. We use our Instagram and Facebook, and we're talking all over the place. And so it goes from being worth a penny when we got it up to a dollar. And now we sell our million shares and we just made a million dollars. And then the price plummets because we just flooded the market. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a, the SEC regulated, you know, Dow or the NASDAQ, you can, it's, that's illegal. I can go to jail for doing a pump and dump. Crypto is does not is not underneath the SEC. It's an unregulated field. So the volatility swings are huge. So, yeah, you can make a ton of money. You can also lose a ton of money. And so my advice to people is, what is the purpose of your investing? And if you are someone that has a lot of time on your hands that wants to ma- look at these markets all the time and you understand what you're doing in the trading, then you can you it's possible to make a lot of money in crypto. And people look at these huge swings like, oh man, if you bought." 10 10 Bitcoin, when it first started, you would be worth $100 million or whatever it is now because I think each Bitcoin is worth $60,000 or 60-something thousand dollars right now, which is an incredible amount of money. But the possibility of losing large sums of money is is very real because there's a lot of these, like Dodge Coins started out as a joke and then it caught on and now it's worth you know, a, a tremendous amount of money. Is that
0: because Elon Musk started talking about it? And no way before that. It was way, before that. It. It was was way it? before that.
2: Yeah. Um. So there was a, an internet meme when someone typed the word dog that they accidentally hit the D. And so it, the, on screen, it came out as dodge. And so the guy had a dog logo on the coin and was like, it was kind of an internet joke. And then it turned into a thing where people started buying it. And the next thing you know, it took off and it'd be, there's no underlying purpose of this coin. And so I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but the, the cryptocurrencies in my mind that actually have value are the ones that serve a purpose. So, for instance, uh, Bitcoin uh, or something like Ethereum, they, they have a reason for existing. In other words, let's say you're in a, uh, you want to do international business and you want to avoid an exchange rate. And so, like that's just money that you give away. Yeah, you know, I have a hundred dollars. I got to change it into euros. I'm going to pay a bank a fee to to turn my dollars into euros. And so sometimes that can be five percent or six percent. So if I'm if I'm on thin margins, I don't want to give away five percent of my money. If I'm doing a big deal. I don't want to give 5% of my money away to a bank just for doing nothing more than transferring the currency from one country to another. So if I did Ethereum or Bitcoin, there is no transfer fee because it's a worldwide currency. So that that currency, the coin, has a purpose. You can use it in the world. I could buy a piece of real estate in uh, Scotland and buy it with Ethereum, and there's no exchange rate. I'm not losing thousands of dollars in fees just to transfer my currency around the world so there's a purpose for that some of these other currencies don't do anything someone just a smart person wrote an algorithm and and tried to get in speculate they're like wouldn't it be cool if i had a, a coin with a cat on it because this one with a dog seem to be popular. So I'm going to have all the cat people will buy the cat coin. Mm. And those things exist. Yeah. And so they go out, there's no other purpose other than cat enthusiasts want to buy crypto and they buy a crypto kitty and the crypto kitties. People make a lot of money on it, but yeah. they also lose a lot of money on them. But the only purpose of that, it's like a beanie baby. Yeah. So if you want that, I don't think the shelf life of crypto kitties is, is all that long. Mm. Because it's going to come out of favor and then lose value. So if you want to get into the crypto space, um, it's speculation money. That's It's very similar to like if you want to go to the Vegas and take $1,000 and go, I could come home with $10,000. Most likely, I'm going to come home with $0. Uh, but I'm going to have fun while I'm doing it. So if it's fun for you to speculate on all these exotic coins, then go for it. And, like, have a good time, and maybe you'll strike it rich, maybe you won't. Uh, But, like, for Elon Musk to put a $100 million into crypto, it's a fraction of his net worth. That's like me and you putting a $1,000 into it. So he's having fun in that space, and he's pumping and dumping stuff. He's going on his Twitter, and he can pump up Dodge, or he can pump up Ethereum, or pump up Bitcoin, and people listen to him, and they'll go buy. So... It's interesting that it's becoming mainstream. I always try to point people back. Does it serve a function? And so I think of people for me in like a foreign country where the government inflation is rampant, where you can, you know, go buy a meal for your family one day and it costs ten units of currency. And then the net like Nigeria, let's say next day, it might be a thousand overnight. Because the 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 president of a corrupt government just change the currency. So it's like, okay, now my $10 is meaningless. I can't even buy a loaf of bread now. So for that society, crypto could be way more stable. Find a crypto that the government doesn't control, and as long as the guy making the bread will take the crypto, then him and I can just do an exchange and leave the government out. I like that Future.
0: What do you think, Matt Damon's involved? Do you think it? He Because they're paying seven hundred million dollars. Well, they're paying seven hundred million dollars, but also, uh, he says he 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 can't be bought and sold. We know that he is very concerned about fresh water uh, all around the world, and he's also concerned about clean water and and educating women because we we even know through this pandemic, there's tens of millions of women around the world that lost their education and may never be educated as a result of pandemic. And I don't want, I can't really go into the underlying causes right now, but, but, but for him, is, is there a way for crypto? Cause his message is always about clean water. How do we help women? And, and he has said when he comes out and just hits it head on, no one reacts to it. So it's one of the reasons why he's gotten with his friend, Ben, you may have heard of Benifer and, and they do some things online where they're trying to lighten it up and make it interesting and get people involved and do these do these challenges. Do you see com- some kind of connection with him doing these crypto commercials and, and helping women get educated around the world or helping with clean water?
2: Boy, I'd have to, I don't know enough about it to know that because I, I don't know the terms of his deal. Like Crypto.com could have paid an endorsement fee. They could have given him crypto. You remember back in the day, William Shatner was the original spokesperson for Priceline. They gave him shares. That's right. And so, and he did well for them and it yeah. became worth like a hundred million dollars or something when they went public. Uh, so, I, I don't know what crypto.com gave Matt Damon. Yes, it could be theoretically, yeah. you could set up a crypto space that helps women's. Ed- it's, a, it's a currency.
0: Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Hauser, he's doing a similar commercial, but he's taking a $20 bill, he's putting it in an ATM machine, and he said, This is how you can exchange crypto. Why would you take $20 and put it in an ATM machine and, and buy crypto that way? Why would it depends you on
2: what you want to buy. Again, so if you wanted to transact, with some, uh, your hobby is collecting anime dolls, and all of them are in Tokyo. And so you want to buy these dolls, and they take crypto. Just go get some crypto, and you buy the thing for your hobby you know or you like your your son is into really into comic books let's say there's a comic book and it's over in in England and he wants to buy that and the guy takes crypto you can just buy the crypto and use it for a transaction so it it yeah it it just depends on how, what you want to do with yeah. the, with the underlying crypto but if you're just trading it if you're trying to speculate and make money on it um it's it's extremely volatile yeah. But if you like volatility and you have the temperament to ride those waves, it's exciting. <laughs> you know, your your 1000 bucks goes down to 50 bucks and then back up to <laughs> 8000 in the same day.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll see you on the other side, guys.
1: I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are yep. Team Greenland
2: and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don.
1: Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing, we talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information.
2: We'd have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we Mm -hmm. went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to... Be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think, day one that was 25 000 to 50,000 over asking. I'm like, telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said. Waited till offer review date, and we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer 100,000 over asking with ron and don you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other you get the
2: data and analytics you get the creativity the drive and the energy they are they are the complete package if someone asked me in fact someone did
1: ask me uh recently how we sold our house so fast and i said well we had a great realtor team And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to your old friends, Ron and Don, on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, uh, this is Thanksgiving Day, and tomorrow... Everybody's supposed to go shopping. Some big box stores out there, Ron, said, uh, we're going to be closed. Are they closed because they don't want people to get trampled? Are they closed because they are trying to get people to buy digitally? Or are they closed because they just don't have the workers? Or are they closed because they have the workers and they're like, hey, you know what? You deserve a day off, too. What is your take on Black Friday as we head into the holiday season?
2: Boy, I, I remember back in the day when we were on the radio, I went out at like 4 in the morning to uh, the Walmart in covington wow just to like as it was the black friday sale yeah and it was complete insane tony minor was working mornings at the time big t and uh he went out to me people were like running over folks with six tvs in their car it was when you know flat screen tvs were you know not just standard issue and they had some crazy deal on flat screen tvs um it was absolutely bonkers i don't know what that is of people that buying stuff that they didn't really know they wanted the day before the flyer came out. And then all of a sudden now you want six TVs. Yeah, Like I don't, I don't get that mentality. Uh But if you're saying retailers are choosing to close on black Friday, some are, some Thursday?
0: are. And I, and I think some of them do, don't like the television hit that they get when people are trampling each other and looking like idiots, you, you sit down at a table uh, and you talk about how thankful you are, and then you show up the next day, and people have died on Black Friday. They've, they've been trampled to death. And I think the Walmarts out there of the world are just like, yeah, we don't want to end up on the evening news because that's where the morning news goes, and they start their cameras. And to be honest, we worked in the news business. They're looking for people to get trampled because... uh They get ratings and revenue that way. So I I, I think it comes down to this. I think they're trying to drive people. Like the Walmarts of the world are looking at what Amazon's doing. And they're like, hey, that's our future right there. As far as these big box stores go... I think the big boxes will become smaller boxes. I really do. I think brick and mortar will always be around because all of us, I think we found out through the pandemic, we have a felt need to go out to a restaurant. Sometimes we want to go shop and look at stuff and maybe not even buy it. But for a lot of us now, we'll go out, we'll shop, we'll look at something. Like you could go right now to Home Depot and look at some of the lighting and the lighting there is okay. Okay. But when you go to Home Depot, Depot.com, there's a lot more of it and the quality is better, right? And sometimes I will sit there in a store and pull out my device and then I'll go and I'll find it online, a similar light somewhere, and I'll buy it from uh, a different retailer. But I'll buy that online. I think there's the other there- thing is too. I think there's just there's a shortage of workers right now. Workers are now beginning to get their way. They want more money. They want childcare. You see the these commercials Amazon's doing. Hey, if you want to go to college, we'll pay for that. If you want to work a couple days a week, we'll still pay you. We're gonna pay more. Uh, so you have all these retailers out there, brick and mortar, that are competing. Uh, because they need workers as we head into the holiday season. And I think it's going to be very, very different for them to find uh, holiday workers. I worked at one of the original Costco's in Kirkland. And I remember as I was, I was a holiday worker, I was in my 20s. I was going to college, uh, and I was working a number of different jobs. And they let us know, hey, we're going to hire uh, 220 employees just for the holidays. And then out of that, we're going to hire three as full-time workers. And so you would get in there. I would show up at 1.30 in the morning. I was a stalker. Uh, they bring out the forklifts. By the time you get there, everything's on the ground, and you got to go, 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 go. From 1.30 in the morning till those doors open at 9, you're sitting there stocking, 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 stocking those shelves because everything's gone. Then you have to get everything back up into the, into the orange steel. People come in the store, and then I would have to go from being a stalker back when Costco would have a caller – they would open up the door, stampede of people during the holidays. And then you would go with the cashier and you had to memorize all those numbers and call those out. The reason you knew all those numbers and you knew toilet paper was 55555, the reason you knew that ham was 59173 is because you just got done stocking all that for hours and hours and hours. Then you would get done with that. And now it's time to go to school. <laughs> I was so exhausted, and then I would end up throwing newspapers too. It was pretty crazy, and I would get stuck in this thing. And, and I was like, oh, my God, I will be so glad when the holiday season's over at Costco. And then they called me, and they said, hey, guess what? You're one of the three. You get a full-time job. You get to do this for the rest of your life. We'll see you at 1.30 tomorrow. We'll see you on the other side of this.
2: Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.loans. He's the official mortgage guy of Ron and Don Nation. Mitch, I want to do a little case study with you. We have a client. We introduced him to you, and you guys hit it off. Who was like, I want to get a vacation property over in Suncadia or Ronald or that area, a lot of people are thinking about that right now what are some good pointers for that type of thing like i want to get a house on the island i want to get a house in suncadia i want to get a house at a golf course maybe we'll go out to orcas you want that summer cabin or weekend cabin is that different than when you're buying your primary house
1: It is, yes. And it is slightly yes and no. So investment property rates right now, I don't know if you've heard, but they've skyrocketed. Banks are trying to phase out investment properties as much as they can because there's such a housing shortage in the U.S. Second homes don't count for that, which is huge. So if we can qualify it as a second home, Hmm. it's not quite a primary rate, but it's really close. And that is just has to be something substantially different, right? You can't buy two homes in Seattle that are basically the same and call one a second home. <laughs> right. One of them is going to have to be an investment property. But if you're buying on an island, you're buying up in Cincadia, which is the case of one of our clients, yeah, you call it a second home, you still get a great rate, and you know, you're know you happy with a place. you And you can still rent it out, just right. to be clear. It just can't be a pure investment property. It has to look like a vacation home.
2: So a lot of people fantasize about this, and they think, oh, it, maybe it's in a year, maybe Maybe it's in three years, maybe it's in five years. But getting this financial piece in order, in my mind, you should start now. Even if you're like, hey, I'm thinking 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with that?
1: Totally agree. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. I'm willing to talk to anyone. So if you come and talk to me today and you say, I want to buy in two years, we'll put a plan together for how you can buy in two years. Right. Or we'll say, hey, it looks like you can buy in one year if that's interesting to you. I'm not going to pressure you, but financially, you're sound. You can do it now. It's and funny how
2: many times once someone gets all their ducks in a row, that uh, opportunity presents itself.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. They're just softly looking um, at housing online and then they see one that pops and they go, man, I wish or I They go
2: hang out with their ready. friend at Frank Katie to play golf and it's like, wait this two bedroom down the hallway from you is for sale right now maybe maybe i buy that. i'm already pre-approved with mitch so uh if you're thinking about and fantasizing about that that weekend place that second home somewhere for the family on the island uh get in touch with mitch mitch.loans i uh, tell him you're with uh ron and don show and you save half percent on a new loan so mitch.loans uh check him out today hey what's going on ron and don nation This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show
0: are right, you guys welcome back to episode uh, 340 we're live from the let's show up studios again we're licensed brokers at windermere if you need us reach out run it on sitdown.com and we'll give you that buyer's playbook that seller's playbook and let's get ready to rock and roll in 2022 also if you know somebody that needs us just reach out or reach out to them we'll send her a buyer seller's playbook and then we do something online that's just virtual and uh, we'll find out if we're going to buy sell or invest uh, as we storm into the holidays and then as we storm into 2022 real quick for you get out of here. Episode 339. We talked about some things that we were thankful for on a personal level. I want to talk real quick just about uh, some of our clients this year, and I'll share a quick story. I'll ask Rhonda to share a quick story, and it'll be quick. Uh, I want to thank Scott and Mary Douglas. They're very good friends of mine. Scotty, i met. a calm heart attack, attack Scott, because he had a heart attack in my spin class, and it was actually engine 20 uh, my friend Steve Martin, all those guys, that ended up saving him. He's a great architect, and he's riding through the city, he told me, in this ambulance, headed to the hospital after having this heart attack. And it was also during the holidays. In fact, he had been out Christmas shopping, and he pulled up to the engine house and said, hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. And sure as shiz that he was. Anyway, I love him because... <laughs> He's in the ambulance and he said, you know, if I'm going to die today, this is a pretty good way to die because he's looking up through the ambulance windows and he can see some of the buildings that he's worked on over the years because he's an architect that built skyscrapers, which I thought was really great. Nonetheless, we've become very good friends. The house that I'm sitting in right now, he was the architect. My backyard cottage, he was the architect. Uh, I'm building a house over in Magnolia, an investment property. He was the architect on that. And the great thing about Scotty is over the years, I've only been able to pay him pennies on the dollar. In fact, on one of my deals, I didn't have any money to pay him. And he said, well, just give me your old car. So I gave him my old Range Rover Uh, that had 54,000 miles on it. And I think his wife, Mary, still drives it to this day. Anyway, he called me early in the year. He goes, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? He said, there's this home that when I used to run, I would always run by. And it's this really cool. He he loved the architecture of this home, but he also loved the view of this home. And it has a view of the Space Needle. And it's on a particular slope of Queen Anne where you can see the whole city. You can see where the Kraken plays. It's super cool, you guys. And he he actually had called the gentleman that owned this home and sent him a letter eight years ago and just said, hey, if you ever sell this house, uh, we would be interested in buying this house. Well, the next thing you know, here we are eight years later. And the guy had actually called him on the phone and said, we're never going to sell. This is our forever house. Eight years later, now they're going to sell because they don't want to go up and down the stairs. Scotty calls me and says, you're not going to believe that. That house is for sale And then he ended up playing me. He still had the voicemail from eight years ago where the guy said, we're not going to sell this house. It's our forever house. So Scotty plays me the voicemail. He's like, we got to have this house. So anyway, I got in touch with the realtor that was representing the house. We ended up buying this house. We took this house down. But now he has another house on Queen Anne. And he has a kitchen that's about. Kitchen is from like 1984 Uh, that's not fair to 1984. Let's go with 1884. It's a very old kitchen. And he has a house that, that some other realtors looked at it and they said, Hey, we think this house is about worth one, five, one, four, somewhere in there. Uh, Scotty doesn't know this, that other realtors look at it. And Scotty's like, the house is worth 2 million. And I said, well, we're going to have to do some work on the house and the big part of the house. And Ron, you were over there for this. We spent a lot of time in that kitchen, working on this kitchen and he's this great architect. And he put together and built this incredible kitchen. Uh, a couple months later, four months later, we ended up selling the house. He wanted to get $2 million for the house. And guess what? We spent about $180,000 in tuning the house up. We thought it was worth $1.5 million. That gets us to maybe $1.7 million. We ended up selling that house for $2 bucks. And what did the house cost on the other side of Queen Anne? About $2 bucks. So we ended up having this even exchange that he felt really great about. He gets in his forever house. And then he's able to sell the family Home to another really cool family. So, anyway, I'm pretty thankful for Scotty. The, the pennies on the dollar that he has invested in my life, I could never pay him uh, for his friendship and I could never repay him for what he's done for me and my family, and specifically my son. I wouldn't be sitting in this house, I wouldn't have this investment property in my backyard in this incredible home that we're building in Magnolia with my partner, Joel, uh, Joe and Jennifer. I I I I would not be in this place financially, especially after losing my job at Cairo, if it wasn't for him. So as we head into the holidays, very thankful for Scotty and Mary Douglas. What about you?
2: I just remember that uh, you know, with an architect that's built uh, skyscrapers, I did have an idea that made it into the final plan. So as a as an armchair architect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel very good about that. What, what was, what
2: was the idea? Where the, where the door into the kitchen would go. Okay. Uh, and I had to, I had to really fight him on that. Cause he didn't you know what? The... And,
0: and it, you're, 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 you it made a difference. Uh, yeah, it, I thought it was a good idea. So made, anyways, it I'm it glad made it happened. You know what I'm thankful for? You were able to marry the kitchen to the rest of the house because there was no flow to the house, and your idea opened it up, and it, it, it created it flow. It and all of a sudden, it, it became the, the, the heartbeat of the house. So it was cool.
2: I am really grateful for and thankful for uh, the, the ollies that we met this year. Yeah. Because, and, and I'm, I'm saying this with all sincerity, I love it when I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Because I'm a very curious person and I know a little with, with being in radio for two decades, you know, a little bit about a lot of things because that's the job. Like you get up every day, uh, whatever is on the front page of the paper, you have to know enough about that thing to talk about it. So over the the course of twenty years, you get to dabble in everything. So one day Jimmy Carter's in there, and you're talking Middle East politics, and then the next day maybe Russell Wilson stops by, and now you're talking football. And so you do that, you know. And then you talk to a general sometime, and then a, a breaking news: a plane crashes, and now you got a Boeing guy on. You got to talk about planes. So over the course of twenty years, you dabble in a lot of things, and and so you. Um, but I, I never had a deep knowledge of expertise and so when when I meet someone where I'm clearly the dumbest guy in the room uh, then I always enjoy that because they just have so Many interesting things to me and so many interesting stories so the the first client Ollie and emmy uh he's a very accomplished guy in tech. she is a very high level architect at a at a prestigious firm, and so to be able to navigate through a transaction with them and just learn something uh to to realize like wow, you guys have had amazing lives, you've accomplished amazing things, and here I am, I get to learn something from them uh, that that's always, and I could say the same on other clients we've had that just are operating at a very high level. I love that. I love being challenged. I love being able to learn something. I love being able to ask them, what about this? What do we, you know, and they probably are like, dude, enough with all the questions. But, uh, so that, that is something that I am very thankful for. I think if you can collect a bunch of people in your life that you get along with well, and that you can learn from, uh, and that when you look at them, you're like, wow, um, I can learn something from each and every one of these people that they have that depth that I, I was never able to get. Like, I have the depth in the profession of radio, but that doesn't really help you build a house. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the cool thing was Nicholas actually stayed in my Airbnb. He talked to his best friend, Ollie, who was in the UK, and, and uh, that's how he met Ollie and Emmy. So we ended up finding them a house on 10th Avenue West. And then Ollie from the UK had another friend who's Ollie from the UK, two Ollies from the UK. And uh, we were able to help him find a house uh, up on 11th Avenue West. And, and, and just to close it out, the cool thing about Ollie is he's like, you know what? I've seen all this demo you're doing online, Don. I want a demo. And I also want to create two doors of opportunity in my house. And so I said, well, let's do it. And and I said, what kind of capabilities do you have? He said none. I said, what kind of tools do you have? He said none. I said, do you have safety glasses? Uh uh-uh. uh. What about a helmet? No. Uh, do you have a crowbar? No. Hammer? Uh uh-uh. uh. Do you have a chop saw? No. Don't have that either. Uh, what about gloves? Do you got gloves? No. I don't have those. So anyway, I said, well, maybe you don't want to do this. He goes, no, I really do. So he ran to the Home Depot. He called me. He goes, you know what? I got my helmet. Got my glasses. Got my crowbar. He said, you got my gloves? He goes, I'm ready to demo. I said, you sure? He goes, yeah. I said. I'm going to grab my gear. I'll be right over. So I went over there, and we went down in this perfectly good apartment that's adjacent, that's below the house that they bought, and they want to turn this into an Airbnb. And I said, are you sure you want to do that? And he goes, yeah, I'm sure I want to do that. So we, I, I just told him, I said, crowbars up. And we picked up our crowbars, and we started taking out walls. And we had such fun together. I have great video of him doing that. He ended up doing all the demo himself uh he put in a deck i'm so proud of him a guy that didn't even have any tools no safety glasses no gloves he went online he taught himself on how to put in a deck the deck looks amazing uh and also you're allowed to stop by for a spot of tea if you'd like oh nice he has tea every day about two and right now and this is what you do you guys you do what you can do on a project he could do the demo he could do the deck and now he's like hey now we're getting into framing he's like I don't want to go on YouTube and learn to frame. So what we've done now is we've gone back to contractors that I know. They're going back in to do the finish work. But he probably saved himself probably $35,000 by doing the demo work himself. And by doing the demo work, when you tear something apart, if you stay curious, you actually learn a lot about how they used to build a house back in 1927 when this house was built. And then, as they're putting the house back together, you have a real sense of what's supposed to happen uh, when the professionals come back. Especially in. when
2: your better half is a high level architect.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, we do something called a Sunday supper. We're going to have to have the Ollie's over and Nicholas over for a Sunday supper. Hey, you guys, happy Thanksgiving to you. We hope you have a great day, a great week. Be nice and kind to each other. You know what we're thankful for, too? We're thankful for you that you continue. Here we are, episode 340 on Thanksgiving, doing this for a number of years now. Three episodes a week. You guys have really embraced us as your broadcasters, as your realtors, and as your friends. And it means a lot. To us, And don't forget, it's a referral business. We want to thank everybody. See, Nicholas referred us to Ollie. Ollie referred us to Ollie. Who knows if Ollie knows another Ollie? If this we, we could do know. a triple
2: Ollie, that would be amazing. <laughs> I think that's an Olympic skating move.
0: Yeah, thanks for those referral, you guys. And if there's anything that we can do for you, even if it's not in the realm of real estate, uh, just reach out to us at RonadonSitdown.com. Thanks to everybody that stopped by Les Schwab and you dropped off food for the Holiday Food Drive. And here comes the Holiday Toy Drive. It's right around the corner. For Ron, myself, Charlie, the dog, my son's around here eating sugary cereal because you get to do that on a Saturday. Happy Thanksgiving to you, all right? Your head up. Keep your shoulders back. We'll see you in episode 341 before you know it. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network.
1: Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! Only. Only! Only. Only! Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.